The voice is distinct, and the title of the track, that voice has mentioned it at least a dozen times in what is still a beautiful track. It's probably, for me anyway, the one song or the one track that defines her legacy as an artist, but also her legacy as an activist. You know who I'm talking about. You know the title of the track, so let me have it. Oh, it's six. No, sorry. Oh, six, one, four, one, oh, four, one, oh, seven. Send me a message or a voice note as to who the artist is and what the title of that track is. Oh, six, one, four, one, oh, four, one, oh, seven. Good evening. Otherwise, everybody, my name is Songa Zomabetza. It is indeed Tuesday. It's time for Hashtag Tuesday Takeover. Busy week indeed in Cape Town. It's the mining in Daba. Started yesterday, but obviously people descend into Cape Town over the course of the weekend prior. And if that was not enough for a country or for a city, it's also our national calendar signature event, certainly in the context of governance and politics, for President Ramaphosa will deliver his final State of the Nation address for this particular administration. Yeah, the sixth administration, the first, well, the final SONA will be delivered by the president two days from now on Thursday at 7 p.m. on mainstream media. And it will effectively be a, a summary of the sixth administration's work because it is now what? Feb. After this State of the Nation address, there will be six weeks until the financial year end is done. And then while the appropriations will take place and everything will happen, but let's all be honest, nothing really happens in the country in election year in the months of March, April and May and parts, if not most parts of June, because that's when effectively the administration takes over. Before it takes over, there are all the swearing-in ceremonies and the inauguration ceremonies. Before that takes place, it's the vote counting. Before that takes place, it's the vote itself. Before the vote itself, it's the campaign, which is going on full assault now. So if you want to see your politician, probably now is as good a bet as you will get. They'll be hugging, they'll be kissing, they'll be opening taps, and they'll be sitting in your room. And they probably will carry money quite literally in their pockets, any and everything to secure the vote. And best believe you won't see them until five years from now. That's what has come to characterize electioneering in this country. On another day, we'll have to have that conversation as to whether or not the sanctity of the campaign process itself qualifies as a dignified one. Well, let me not get too far into that because really the evening is all about and should be all about Mr. Tiliwali Libadi, Love Life Gauteng Provincial Manager, who this evening will conduct our Tuesday takeover. Dada Tili, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. And the platform is now yours together with the many thousands and hundreds of thousands of listeners on SAFM. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. And uh, good evening to you and to our listeners and uh, we're going to have a good show. Let's have a good show. Let's talk about Love Life. I mean, when last did anybody hear about Love Life? I certainly do know that 20, 25 years ago, when I was in high school, primary school, thereabout, all one could ever hear, see, and just about do were things to do with Love Life. There were debating programs around Love Life at school. There were pamphlets at every healthcare facility speaking to Love Life. There was mainstream radio and television programs and adverts talking to Love Life. Every third or fourth person was getting a free T-shirt. It was a purple one with Love Life. And then all of that just somehow disappeared. And it was happening at the same time 
as Seoul City. So, I mean, that early democratic messaging, early healthcare messaging in the democratic era, Love Life was a central component thereof, Seoul City as well. HIV and AIDS was obviously a nascent discussion in public healthcare spaces. People didn't really know what it was, and research was coming out. A lot of which now, if it were to sort of be revisited, you'd be like, mm, this was dangerous. But nonetheless, it was all about getting the public to at least be aware. We're talking about advocacy here. And then, and then, and then what? Yeah, a lot has happened. Sure. Indeed, a lot has happened. And you've quietly put it that uh, 25 years ago or so, uh, Love Life is today uh, more than 23 years old. And uh, just like any developing entity would go through the develop developmental stages, uh, married to the developmental stages in the country, uh, this on that, and we 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 have survived and we're still here. And we get that question quite often when we go to places and when we implement our programs. Wow, is still love life there? Is still love life existing? And here we are. But um, there has been a number of uh, migration from uh, mainstream, like you indicated, we, we are where young people are mostly in fingertips. We, we are on YouTube, we have programs that we are running on YouTube, we are on Facebook, we Instagram, um, where most young people are. And, and to attest to that, uh, we've just won the um, award to be the best uh, popular organization amongst young people in the country uh, last year. Uh, that also attests to the existence of Love Life. But we must also face the fact that uh, funding or resources to the organization has not been like before. Um, there has been a, you know, a direct uh, um, you know, the, the funding from international donors mm -hmm. is now streamlined into one mechanism in the country where we all have to go through uh, as organization and to become like, uh, you know, principal recipients, secondary recipients. And that uh, makes uh, our programs not as much visible as before. And there is uh, one good argument that we, we, we always have in the organization that the space is too big for Love Love to be able to cover itself. It's too big for Love Love and sources to be able to address healthcare issues for young people. It's too big for us and other organizations in the space, especially healthcare, to be able to address all issues of young people. So uh, our existence has been core, you know, ontological, if I had to say, that it gave birth to other institutions or other organizations that are doing similar work. And we appreciate that and we welcome that. That is why uh, um, our campaigns and programs uh, are not like before, but we agree that we need more so that we, we, we go back to, the, to, the, to, the, to those eras. And we are sure if we get enough resources, surely we are going to be able to win this, the, this, the, this struggle. The, the the focus of your messaging, if I understand you correctly, given your many times use of young people, seems to focus there. I'm speculating and by suggesting or thinking that 
whilst young people, of course, are an important stakeholder for the purposes of advocacy, but when you're dealing with a public health care issue of the kind that HIV and AIDS is, it's not just engaging young people, I think, for the purposes of managing them so as to not be infected, but also to manage somebody of my age, perhaps, and even older, and I wouldn't qualify myself as an old person by any definition, but persons who are of generations or two ahead of me to manage the, the, the disease and, and lifestyles to incorporate the management thereof, precisely because 20 years ago they would have been those young people to whom the message was hitting. But of course, continuously as the conversation evolves, so too the messaging evolves, so too the audience evolves, not just always and for all young people. Well, what can you say in relation or to comment on what I'm saying, particularly in managing the older generations? Because they, I mean, if you start talking about, and this is crude and probably simplistic, but it will get the point across, sugar daddies, economic power over young women, they also need to be lobbied. It's not a good story to tell. You know, we're not proud of 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 responding to that, to mm-hmm. comment to that, because as much as we anticipate the involvement of messaging, involvement of recipient, you know, we 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 are saddened by the number of people at at your age and old that they are now the ones mm, mm. perpetuating uh, 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 the gap or the, the you know the new infection of HIV and AIDS. I've got a power that I've never had now. Now it's my turn to shine, as it were. Precisely. You have, you, you, you have I've arrived. Exactly. And, and here is a vulnerable child, a, a youth or teenager. Not made easy by South Africa's economic picture. Exactly. So, so, so what do we say to that? You, you know, we, we, we had a time where we were like beginning to sing glory around uh, between 2014 to 2016. We, we had seen the, the decline in the number of new infection, particularly to young people. You know, 17 to 24 years old. But unfortunately, around 2018, the statistics started to rise, and we discovered that it's not mostly between teenagers, but it was mostly between female teenagers and adult males uh, who would then use material things to lure young people, uh, and, uh, and they could not even negotiate the use of condoms. You know, because when how do you then start to raise questions of condoms to this person who would then, if you become difficult, this person would They'll leave exactly, and you won't get what you're looking for. And and the story doesn't have to start there. Sometimes we we want to give an example of two girls in the same location, without same economic uh, uh, situation. With or without the same economic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so they they have peer pressure amongst them as young people. Okay. And 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 then the the vulnerability comes. Then an opportunity comes and you can negotiate and then the results. So th- those are the contributing factors. But what is the message that should be then directed to the older generation? Because you're not going to tell them condomize. But perhaps you can appeal to them differently by saying, 
that could be your daughter. I'm, I'm just thinking off the cuff here. That could be your daughter. Or you do realize that what you are doing to someone else's daughter, someone else is doing to your daughter. In, in other words, appeal to his or humanity or appeal to his position in society in that to whom much is given, much is required. You are now in a position of responsibility. Exercise it responsibly, as it were. Surely when you're talking about tailored messages, something like that has to come up and that has to land. Surely, precisely. We, we, we have messaging that we're directing to, to adults, uh, love them enough to care for them, you know, talk to them about uh, sexual reproductive health, you know. Um, we have created even other platforms where we, we have a hotline uh, specifically for parents where we encourage parents to call in and discuss these issues about parenting related to sexual reproductive health or, or HIV and AIDS. We have a lot of radio uh, programs with community radio stations that we, we run. We, we have uh, um, Born Free Dialogues. It's an intergenerational program where we involve parents and young people together. Uh, to actually, the way we implement it is that we we would have young people we would have a topic. Mm -hmm. We would have young people aside discussing the same topic. Mm -hmm. Parents aside discussing the same topic. You, you know, it becomes very heated. Mm -hmm. Then we need solution from parents, solution from young people. Then we have a, a, this dialogue together uh, to challenge solutions that are coming from bo 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 both both sectors. Mm -hmm. And then um, in most of the time, we do invite even experts who would then assist in, in formulating a way forward. So these discussions are the ones that we are implementing and using to infiltrate the adult sector so that they become responsible and understand exactly what young people are going through. Uh, because uh, the, 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 the way these young people cannot express how they feel, what they think about their sexual life or healthy lifestyle at home is the same phenomenon that is happening in the society. If this child cannot be able to confront or have a discussion or communication with the parents in, at home, mm. it will be difficult to be able to confront uh, uh, an adult who is trying to lure them into uh, uh, unprotective or risky sexual behaviors. So this is where we, we, we drive these programs at uh, uh, for, to, to the adults. I certainly do look forward to hearing you have your conversation with Mehori Sang, CEO of Salt City Institute, because I think this important message still has some serious ground to cover or certainly has a place in the South African society, more especially when we've now fully emerged from COVID-19 as a healthcare risk, certainly, not necessarily in terms of socioeconomic effect and impact of it. But if... COVID is anything to go by, we certainly are aware and alive to the fact that a state-sponsored program from executive office of the kind that we saw with COVID is possible about just anything, more particularly your lifestyle diseases, HIV being such that. And so let me yield the platform, Ndade Tilibali. 
you after this very short ad break will be our hashtag Tuesday Takeover guest. The listeners know you now and they certainly know the drill and they'll be very polite and they will engage you at the right tone and time. Um, the now the time is 2027. After this break, Mr. Tilibali Libadi, C Love Life Gauteng Provincial Manager, will be on the airways until the top of the hour. Song as Omabekla will return in the new hour. Everybody, please call in and participate. 086-000-2032. The voice note facility is 0614-104-107. And indeed, Keith in Midrand, you're right. The artist is Simpiwe Dana, the title being Bantubiko Street. Good evening indeed, Keith, and thank you for listening to us. As I extend my gratitude to all of you who hear me now. I'll be back in the new hour for now. Mr. Libadi, after the break. Tuesday Takeover on The Viewpoint. Thank you so much and welcome um, all listeners. You are now with uh, Tilivali Livadi. Uh, like said, I'm the provincial manager for Love Life in Gauteng province. Um, I'm taking over here to engage you. Um, precisely uh, young people in the country around issues of leadership. Um, not only positions of leadership, but occupying the space where we need as young people to be seen as leading our own future. It is often said that as adults, as uh, leaders currently today, we are doing everything for the young generation because they are our leaders of tomorrow. But my view now today is that what about you as a young person? Would you wait, sit down, and allow old people, adults, leaders today to pave your path while you're waiting? I am saying this is an open challenge that we've been talking about messaging. We're talking about the escalating uh, rate of new infection of HIV and AIDS. Uh, we have young people not occupying position that requires young people. Uh, to be occupying. We have the what committees at municipal levels. We don't find young people getting to understand what is happening in their ward. We, we have um, you know number of young people absent from provincial legislatures, areas where we need young people to, to be there. We have so many lifestyle diseases today that uh, uh, old people or leadership are saying we are managing, we're doing all our best for the sake of young people or the future generation. So I'm saying we can do so much or the leadership can do so much. We need young people to be able to take positions where in advocacy on healthcare issues in the country about lifestyle diseases in the country it's led by young people. We need to hear voices of young people leading because then they know, they understand what they're feeling, how they are feeling, and then they can be able to express how they feel and how are the options that can be able to resolve whatever they're going through. So I'm saying um, uh, do tune in, listen and follow us, uh, um, be with us for the rest of this hour. And then we want to hear your opinion, your views. Where are you young people? 
um, he has made uh, Song has made a challenge here to say, no, we've, we've, where are you? Where is Love Life? Where is Soul City? These are the most uh, uh, organization that has been leading in the fight against uh, HIV and AIDS. And, and we are saying we need young people to be able to lead with us. We need views from young people. How do they feel about the, uh, when we're talking about teenage pregnancy? Uh, where young people, because we are not talking about teenage pregnancy or adult pregnancy, we are talking about young people. So we need to hear themselves. What are the challenges? Uh, are you getting the services that you need to support? You need to get from healthcare services. Uh, how are the treatment at the healthcare facilities? Where programs responding to that? How are you receiving to these programs like adolescents, youth-friendly services that we have at healthcare facilities in, in our government clinics? Are you are you receiving these services uh, well? Is this is there no room for innovation? This is what we want to talk to you about. This is what you, we want to you to be commenting about. So welcome. Um, I'm not going to be alone on uh, on this show. I would be um, having my guest who would then be able to unpack and be able to to give more clarity or more view on the question that we, we are discussing today. But we, we want to pin back to you as a young person after all. So I'm going to be joined by none other than the CEO of uh, uh, Seoul City, uh, Ms. Fina Kodisang, and she's going to join us on the line and she's going to greet us. And welcome, uh, Fina. Good evening, uh, Tilly, and good evening to all the listeners of SAFM. Um, Fina, I'm glad that I'm talking to somebody who is in the field, who understands uh, uh, youth health issues and, and issues of leadership. I, I do follow you a lot, and, and I'm, I must say I'm inspired about your leadership, about your advocacy as well. But I need to to see if you think we are doing enough as organization. Are we uh, making young people ready? What is your view? Are we doing enough? Thank you for, for that question. We can never do enough outside of the current ecosystem that is there, right? So South Africa is, is a youthful country. Statistics, as it tells us, that we are sitting at plus minus 20.6 million um, of the population being a youth in South Africa. And we know youth is up to the age of 35, right? But when you look at the breakdown that they give, you see that the under 19 is the biggest cohort that you have. So with that understanding, we need to then say, what are we doing for this cohort of the under 19s? How are we engaging them? Because we are talking about building leadership. So we then need to say, okay, let's take it to the family structure first, where the first development for any young person happens, right? So your family becomes the first place where you should be given a platform to exercise your leadership, to develop your leadership skills, to develop your principles and your values. Before your love life and your soul cities come in, the family should have done the groundwork. So if we measure ourselves um, in that ecosystem against what we are seeing, then we, we, we can both you and I admit that we have failed. And so we have failed from where parents have failed to where the system itself has failed. And now all the interventions that we are implementing in reacting to this failure, 
you know, and it, it, we are not able to close the gap in, in, in the fastest way we should and in the most effective way we should. Again, let me also paint this picture because we are also sitting with a very disgruntled youth. They are depressed. They are abusing alcohol. You spoke about, um, you know, risky sexual behaviors. They are engaging in risky sexual behaviors because the issues that they have to contend with, you know, are beyond the power that they have, right? We have graduates who are unemployed. So we will resort to other methods to try and survive. And therefore, when we now talk about young people engaging in transactional sexual relationships, it's because the economy has failed them. And we are not justifying, nor are we even promoting that behavior. But we need to then look at ourselves in an honest manner and say, where have we failed and what does the failure then result in, right? Mm -hmm. So we see that we see young people engaging in these transactional relationships because at least somebody is providing a resource, right? Mm -hmm. And they are also contending with the pressure that is created by social media in terms of the pressure that is put out there about the kind of lifestyle that is considered cool. Mm -hmm. And once that lifestyle is promoted, we see alcohol advertising also targeting the very same young people, you know. And so they are contending with a lot of things. Yeah. And we, are, we have not really addressed the root causes mm -hmm. of all these issues that they are contending with. So let me take a breather there and allow you to, to come in. Yes, you, you know, if, if Songezo would have continued asking me that question about adults, I, I, I'm sure I was going to stumble somewhere and fall, but, but you, you, you've crafted it well to, to you know, direct it at, at a family. And, and you talk about issues of training, and I'm starting to wonder what, what programs do we come up with to address capacitating parents to be able to address these issues at the root cause. Because I know for a fact that if we have programs that are directed at young people, as you said, uh, directed at adults or other sectors of the society, we might be neglecting the, the, the root causes, we, which, which, which is a family setup. Um, what more can you share with us about, you know, you know, initiatives that can be directed in addressing these issues with, with, with a family setup. And and what more about those, you know, who are child headed families? What 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 programs, how do we intervene there? Thank you. So we should never take away the role of the family. Um, you know, we should always create space for families to be the first place for principles and values to be instilled. And so how we engage with families should be again, looking at the societal norms that exist to say, okay, what are the families that are existing? What is the, the, the value system of the society that we live in? And when you look at the value system of the society, because a family is a microcosm of a, a, a society, right? So you would get a clear picture of the type, because remember, we, we, we cannot go into each and every family to see what's happening. But when we look at what is happening at societal level, we get a clear picture that we are a violent society. We are a society that abuses alcohol. 
you know mm -hmm. we are a society that is filled with a lot of anger we are a society that you know we even the way we demonstrate our frustration for example with service delivery we go to the streets we burn things we burn clinics we destroy so that's the type of society we have and society is made up of different families so that tells you that even in the home the way we resolve issues could be through violence because we don't know how to negotiate through communication so parenting programs you know that are out there soul city has a parenting program hands-on parenting um but again unicef has a parenting program that is also out there i know dbe also has a parenting program that they do with other development partners but because you mentioned funding because funding is limited we are not able to then reach members of the communities with these type of interventions we only do it in pockets of communities where we are not able to make a dent in resolving the issues and so if we are not going to have funding what innovative ways can we have how do we bring churches on board because 80 percent of south africans are considered christian so it tells you that at least 80 percent of the population on Sunday is sit or on Saturday is sitting somewhere listening to someone preach to them. So you have a captive audience somewhere that if you work with churches to channel the messaging around creating norms and values within societies that are aligned to the growth and the development of, of our country, we will get somewhere. I think we should move churches away from this notion here, yeah, the leadership of men, headship of men, and men came first and all that, because that is not taking us anywhere. But how can the church play a role in saying, how do we help families manage mm -hmm difficult social ills if a child is pregnant in the family how do we help that family make sure that that child doesn't fall pregnant again when a, a, a husband is abusive in a family how is the church that has that audience playing a role of educating and creating awareness around how wrong that is but also playing a reconciling role mm -hmm. so that you know you are not breaking families because remember we come from a history of broken families that's why all these other you know ripple effects so how does that big role player which is the the, the church play its role when you have traditional leaders who have a voice and power how do you take that influential uh, social partner and say to them in your engaging with your subjects as as, as, as as and i don't have a better word to describe you know that how do you engage with them such that in your community as the traditional leader as the community leader you are fostering you know the understanding that we are all equal we should be treated equally and therefore gender issues become a priority for you you know so there are platforms that we can use and i think we have not really maximized on using those platforms thank you so much you you, you you've touched exactly on areas that i think and i am sure even the our listeners would agree with you that if we then prioritize these structures like churches traditional leaders especially traditional leaders, because I know uh, I grew up in that structure. They have high uh, um, uh, respect in their communities and, and, and they can play a pivotal role in addressing uh, these issues uh, 
uh, to the churches and to the young people. You've mentioned something that uh, touches me, especially social media influence and also funding space. Um, I just want to to take this um, you know point. I just uh, a little bit robust. That would you agree with me? And what is your perception that uh, we study the corporates companies? And I'm sure we have uh, people corporates companies uh, following us that they would indicate that this is their special uh, uh, corporate uh, social investment uh, focus areas. Like they will indicate education, uh, health and welfare. They will indicate sports and so on and so on. And when you propose to this company X and, and, and they, they agree that, no, we are interested, we are excited about your proposal, your presentation, and then boom, next week, you don't get an answer and then you move around the corner, you find them funding the very same concept that you've proposed. And, and, and do you think, like I do sometimes, that they might have taken your concept and take it, give it to somebody else? That happens all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the, that's just you know the world we we are in, and 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 I think it it you know it also speaks to the instability in the political uh, landscape that we have. Because if we want to effect change, right, we need to make sure that we remove the barriers, you know. And one of the biggest barriers is the political landscape um, in our country, the political instability, the political environment within South Africa creates a very shaky ground for us to build youth and to build programs that are useful to, to young people. You know, like I said, the, the, we are competing with a lot of things. So we know that if we want to grow the economy, when we have a young population, we need those young people healthy, you know, we need them educated, right? And we need them in jobs, but we don't have these three, at least of the list. There's, there's a lot of things on the list, but even when you just say, okay, let's look at the three. We know that, you know, HIV is, is hitting young people. We know that unemployment is hitting young people. Already the projection is that by, this year, 2024, we will be sitting at like 61% uh, of unemployment for youth. Or, and then in the next year, 2025, growing that percentage. So we have, you know, very serious issues. And, and, and we, if we don't then invest in what development practitioners called asset-based community development, how do we do development with what we have without asking somebody to give us their money? Because the minute they give us their money, it comes with conditions, conditions that complicate the, the very same solution you are trying to bring into communities. So can we go back to where we started with development, where we are saying, let's look at what we have, you know, mm -hmm. asset-based community development. What do we have in this community? If we have land, if I'm chief Korisa uh, and I have a community filled with young people and I have land, why can't I give those young people a piece of land for them to do crop development there and, you know, farming and whatever, 
and trade within the community, grow that into other sustainable development um, or other sustainable livelihoods uh, activities. So we start with what we have, because the problem that has created uh, the biggest thing uh, with the problem we have today is that funding came with these innovations that are imported from somewhere. They come here, they pilot with us. After three years, they take their money and leave. Exactly. And then we have young people that you and I have recruited into Soul City and Love Life programs that now are unhappy with us because we made promises that we cannot now fulfill because the funder has taken their money. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Fina, for, 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 for these uh, powerful uh, responses. Uh, I'm st you, you're still with me. Uh, I'm Tilivali Livadi, uh, the provincial manager for Gauteng Province, Love Life. And on uh, online, we have our CEO from Seoul City, uh, Fina Kodisang. And on our line, we have uh, Mutaung from Bethlehem. Uh, let's hear what you have to say to us. Provincial manager Lime Kodisang, good evening today and win. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Uh, that you are holding today it weighs very heavily in my heart and in my soul. Uh -huh. I actually feel very useless as we uh -huh. today see what is happening in our country, in our youth. Uh -huh. However, there is a saying in Latin that men sana in corpore sana, uh -huh. meaning a healthy mind in a healthy body. Uh -huh. Now, Nekorisan has hit the nail on the head when she spoke about the family structure. Uh -huh. The family structure in our country today has been destroyed through negligence and greed of money. Mm. Actually, if uh, fathers and mothers of this country, mm -hmm. they cannot do an introspection like I do to say, how do we grow our children? How do we educate them? Do we still help them to understand the importance of moral living? Mm -hmm. Because we are indeed a, a world today that is chasing after the riches called money. Mm -hmm. yet, yet the most important fabric is to grow a young man who is healthy, a young man who has got morals, a young person who has what we call my pride. Mm -hmm. Now, young women, our daughters, mm -hmm. because I have to call them like that because I'm a big father. Okay, that's good. They are being destroyed. Today. Mm -hmm. Because we are so immoral. We don't even have the the, 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 the sense of pride of thinking that, eh? mm -hmm. why would I go out and sleep with a daughter of my neighbor? Mm -hmm. We are not ashamed as Bonita, eh? or a relationship 
you're a young woman who is the age or even younger than the age of your daughter and still expect the how will behave properly Mm-hmm. You know, even though you are having now uh, the challenges of this financial support, because the country is under siege of social fabric destruction. Mm-hmm. This is the message that I would love to throw to the people of the domain of this country today. We are not coming together as fathers and young men who got money. Mm-hmm. We should adopt a, 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 a position whereby we say, if you are my friend and you are threatening with a child which is a young girl with the age of, of your daughter, of my daughter, to say, I am not going to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I should despise you. Because you are not building or helping to build our society. Today, young women, even in our government structures, including the private sector, they are now being offered jobs for sex. Many criminals mm. are driving fresh cars. Precisely. And, well, well, and, well, and, well put points there, Mr. Mtaung. I, 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 you know, the way you put your points across, you, you feel that we need more discussions and one could have you leading some discussion with men forum somewhere there. I thank you so much for your contribution, my, my good say. We will then move on to Ninja and hear what Ninja says to us from KZN. Oh, good evening, Sam. Good evening to your guest. And your guest has made all the points points I've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. The problem with this leadership, there's no leadership in this country. They don't listen to people. Mm -hmm. And people are frustrated. Mm -hmm. And you see, the government is bereft Mm -hmm. and lack the knowledge of taking the country forward. 30 years on, you have everything. And your guest made this point. There's so much anger and people Mm -hmm. destroy things. The people are destroying this country. The mm-hmm. sector of society that's hell-bent on destroying this country. This is a beautiful country, and you need a new uh, political system. And I want to start a movement, I've been thinking about it, to engage mm-hmm. the entire country, the youth of the country. And I was going to put it forward to you in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Now, it will be done on social media where you yeah, young people engage in politics. They talk politics and resolution mm-hmm. in every part of the country and they form a political group and they'll be a force to reckon with. And these youngsters will liaise with the com- respective communities. The problem you have today is the polit- political system that's wrong. You Surely. don't have entities in areas. Now, once you start this movement, what you need, your guest spoke about this, land and growth. Right? Thank you so it much. Thank you so much, Ninja. I think you've made valuable uh, contribution, especially when you're talking about resolutions, that not just uh, having young people or, or together, but talking resolution, where do we go from here? Thank you so much, Ninja, from KZN. Let's hear from Paul from Mangaung. Yes, hi, you, sir. Fine, thanks. How are you, Paul? 
thank you. You know, I feel depressed about this youth of today. Mm-hmm. The reason why I feel depressed is they don't even listen to this kind of product programs mm-hmm. to value their youth thing. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, like myself, I, I consider myself as an adult. Mm-hmm. I was born in 1970. Mm-hmm. When I, I was still a juvenile, I could be sent by someone by the road. I had to run, come back as fast as I can. Mm. The youth of today, they value the, the hubbly bubbly, the mm-hmm. ganja, the TQ and all those sorts of, 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 of things that they destroy their own lives. Mm-hmm. And our generation, we lived what in a What would be your way forward, uh, 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 Paul? What do you suggest? The suggestion is, sir, kids like in, in schools, they must have a curriculum that they can visit people that they are suffering through this kind of things. To see by themselves. If, if, yes, yes. If it's a girl, to uh, to know the circumstances of pregnancy, they must go to other girls when they give a birth to see how painful, how hard is it. To give a you birth. You understand yes, what I'm exactly. And yeah. looking at the environment as well, where they come exactly, from. Exactly, well. yeah. exactly. To see, are, are you really, are you sure that you, you want to go through this? This way. Thank the you so much, kids, Paul. Will, Thank you so much. Get, get scared. Yes. Point well uh, made. Let's hear vo- our voice note to say what do they contribute to the show. Hey, this thing uh, has become a problem. You know, back in our days uh, when there was Soul City and... Uh, uh, love life, you know, things were good. We were scared of this thing, uh, of this disease, you know. Uh, they made a good job on uh, making sure that uh, we use the condoms, you know. And now, in our days, I mean, in these days, these kids are, they are just having fun, you know. They, are, they go out to the bars, they drink alcohol, and then they and they engage into sexual activities. Yeah, they are not even scared uh, to know to take uh, the notes now. They, in the internet, the social media, they post uh, all these the naked photos. And it's all- Good evening. Gokelo here in Peterborough. I'm listening in on your conversation between New Love Life and the Soul City. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, even though I do not agree with the captive audience of the churches. Uh, we, we need to move away from the narrative to think, oh, what do we need to capture people from the churches. Uh, right now, you would notice that particularly with this transitional sex, modern day prostitution, it is fueled by social media. So if, if, if we are able to run these messages, positive messages, that will engage with the audience on social media. Because right now, the people who control the media are saying to South African youth, 
months, irrespective of whether you've got a doctorate or a degree. But if you are not selling your body, you won't get anywhere. That is the biggest problem right now. The, the youth is being distracted deliberately so that we do not have any future leaders. That is our problem. We need to, 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 to fight that problem head on because it, it's another pandemic on its own where, where, where graduates are becoming prostitutes just because social media is saying that is the only way to make it. Thank you so much to our voice noise on all our callers. And now it's uh, 21 hours and it's time for the news. We are going to have Greg Rose to lead us with the news. And Fina, you still stay on the line. We'll reply after the news. Thank you. On the viewpoint. That was the takeover. That was the takeover with Tilibali Libadi. Thank you so much, Tili, and thanks to you as well, Mefina Khodisang, CEO of Soul City Institute. As we look to wrap up now the remnants of what always tends to spill over into the new hour because it simply refuses to die so popular and good the takeovers always are. Tilly, where to next, I suppose, is the obvious question after a, an engagement of the kind that we had. But I do understand that Mefina wants to wrap up, so I, I beg your pardon for perhaps that question. Mefina, you and Tilly, I'll, I'll give you another four or five minutes together just to continue this conversation that you didn't have the time to complete in the previous hour. So, Tilly, do you want to take over from your takeover and perhaps give it another two or three minutes with Mefina? <laughs> I think uh, the takeover must be sustained, and uh, in this way that I would ask uh, Mefina to to uh, offer us her wrap up, and then maybe I will wrap up by responding to that question. Sure, Mefina. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let me appeal then to individuals to say all of us have a role to play in fixing ourselves, our country and fixing everything that we see, you know, is going wrong. We can't always point fingers. So when you point fingers, at least like you were encouraging the listeners to say, what are the solutions? We can't always point to, here's the problem, here's the problem. But what is my role in then, you know, solving some of these problems? And I go back again to say, in our families, in our homes, let's start there. Let's make sure that these young ones that are growing up, you know, today, we are giving them, so the baton that we are passing on to them should be that of responsibility, that of, you know, loving one another, right? That of ensuring that, you know, Ubuntu is brought back to the agenda because that is what is missing you know where is the care where you would care about your neighbor's child where you would care about you know your neighbor not having food and that communal life that used to be there and maybe also appeal to those that have influence to say how are you using that power that you have you know instead of destroying somebody was saying that it's, it's intentionally um, social media is used intentionally to destroy young people how do you use the two million followers that you have as an influencer to make their lives better? You know, as you benefit from them following you, what is the benefit they get other than the entertainment? 
And I think we 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 run to entertainment because we are running away from our problems. So there's a lot, and and in in five minutes you can't really even unpack it to the level that you want to unpack it. But my appeal is that, or my call to action is that it starts with the individual. What is the role you are willing to play in your home, in your community, to bring the change that we need? Thank you so much, Mefina. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show and making your contribution drawn out of your wealth of experience and everyday life that you're going through in trying to change the life of young people in the country that I know of and I know many can attest to. Um, thank you so thank much, you. Fina. Uh, um, Songez, you know, when we grow up, especially at home, my, my grandmother would cook. Uh, you, you you might call it like stamp mm. in our language, Nichizimba. Mm. Um, it will be in a big pot. After that, we knew that we are going to distribute close to seven or nine plates to our neighbors. And we would do that. And one time, the neighbor cousin did that. Then they had to share with us. They didn't know that that evening we didn't have something to go to bed with. And it was a good gesture from that. And that is some of the cornerstone of our, of our African philosophy, Ubuntu. Mm. I think we need those kind of discussion, those moral regeneration discussion initiative. So I'm taking it that from what Fina was saying and what we do as Love Life, there are many other organizations and institutions that would be trying to attend to health care issues in the country. I think there's a need for us to, to have an intentional national health care advocacy strategic plan that we need to develop as a country or as structures that are trying to respond to have this resolution that we go back to where we are. It, it, it can't be a problem for us to be who we are as Africans to live the way we, we you know, it's, it's in you that you'd greet somebody when you meet them. Mm. And it's in us as Africans that you would care for somebody who is sleeping on the road that you don't understand what is happening. We know there are, so, there are other areas that are dangerous, but if we, get, we, we begin to have this conversation, this intentional national healthcare advocacy strategic plan, uh, I'm sure we'll take it up with FINA and other uh, like-minded organizations to see that we don't have just this takeover here on the studio, but we see we find a way to implement it in our societies. And we thank you for that. We thank you. We thank you, and we certainly do appreciate your having honoured the platform as you have and for getting the conversation lit as you would have. I certainly would never have been able to achieve in this conversation, probing these issues, what you did this evening. So really the pleasure is all ours. And also I extend our gratitude to the listeners for participating and loving our guests in Mefina and in Dadetili as you guys would have. The time is indeed 21.12, so we have to unfortunately say goodbye and the takeover in as much as is, as it is an institution of the show. It is an institution only for one hour, so you've had an in an hour and 12 minutes, you've got more than your fair share. Everybody, after the break, we continue on the Tuesday edition of the SAFM Viewpoint. Pregnancy week, 6 to 10 February, a conversation with Dr. De Naz Daniels, member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. Let's talk about all things pregnancy. And if at home you are pregnant, and I don't mean it quite literally because men can also say they are pregnant, they're just not carrying the child, as it were. If you're in the pregnancy space, trying to get pregnant, just recently pregnant and gave birth, 
And if you're just even interested in the conversation and the subject from a healthcare perspective and also from a social development perspective, please do participate in the conversation that follows after this break.